Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for the big, big Dit Cow Football Show. Good to have you back with us from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champion Southern California. Oh, man, what an incredible week and a half it's been here in sports. And uh, so much to talk about here. But before we get into anything else, I want to thank you all for for joining us for the Discord slash YouTube slash YouTube chat slash Twitter slash whatever it is um, podcast event when we were doing a live uh, reaction show for The Godfather 2. Junkie and I are so grateful to have your support. And the buzz has been amazing, and I really want to thank all you, all you for, for all of you for tuning in. It was a hell of a night. It was really fun watching that movie. It was a great movie, great movie. I think, you know, we were trashing the original Godfather, I'm sure. But uh, what's so interesting about that is that, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I think the movie, the the part two, was honestly better than the original. It was like it was a legit movie. It was so good. Like it was a really I was really happy. I mean, I think Ron and I think Junkie and I were just so thrilled to participate in that and uh, watch it and uh, see it play out in real time for the first time. That was just such a unique situation. Like for a movie that old to be able to watch that thing fresh, we did. It was amazing. So um, uh, thank you again for for doing that. We'll be doing future such watch alongs on uh, on the stream. I, I think we're really looking forward to that. And we'll debate what the next one will be, but we'll we'll keep going. It should be really fun. Um, so let's talk about some stuff tonight. Boy, we got news in the we got news in college football, and uh, USC and UCLA announced their their departures to the Big Ten. Their applications were accepted on Thursday, June thirtieth, and since that time, um, boy, just such a massive shakeup in the entire in in the entirety of uh, college football. I'm just kind of it's just it's pretty dang amazing. When you really think about it, how the Pac-12 has gone from like one of the preeminent uh, conferences to basically nothing—they're—they're they're done. They're done. I don't think they're ever gonna—I don't think they're gonna be a Power Five conference after this. Um, for USC and UCLA, he says, to me, I think it's a great move. You might be surprised me saying that, being such a Pac-12 loyalist, but not anymore. I mean, they've been playing small ball forever, where everybody else is hitting home runs, and it's just been too much. So I'm—I'm um, I'm very thrilled at this. And, um, you know, it's just the Pac-12, like, I don't care. I just, Larry Scott destroyed this conference. And there's no going back at this point. So it's just get out or get or be done. And I think other conferences are going to do this. Other teams or other programs in that conference are going to do the same thing. So that's it. I don't want to, I don't want to make, I don't want to make this about me. So let's, let's go talk to our friends tonight. We have Andy in Seattle and Ron in New Jersey joining us here on the program. Um, let me go ahead and introduce Andy first. And uh, Andy, it's good to have you back. Uh, nice to see you. I know we had a lot of juice in. You know, we we're talking about the U.S. Open and live and everything. We had a lot of juice in golf too. So, but good to see you. How's how's everything going? I'm good. Good to good to be on here. Um, I uh, who won the who won Godfather two? Who won Godfather two? <laughs> Simon Roth winning still. <laughs> is the 1950 Miami still winning? <laughs> Why did Fredo get club soda? No, I'm just messing. I'm... Why did Claymo? Why did Fredo only get a club soda? <laughs> I like when he said, "I'm smart. I'm smart." I know. <laughs> but when he goes to Michael, he's like, "Why don't we do this more often?" <laughs> He he really is like that that Mongo caller, right? That voice, like it totally it totally fits. That's a great idea. That's a great call. Yeah, uh, I'm. I mean, I'm doing well. It's uh, 
Yeah, a lot of, you know, next week British Open, this week Scottish Open, last week Live. I'm, I, uh, I, I can't wait to see who else signs up for the Live because I'm not like pro Saudi or anything like that. I'm not anti PGA Tour. I just, I love the, I love the, I love the WWF feel to it. Like, yeah. there's, you know, or uh, or the WCW. Yeah, yeah. To it. yeah. It's, it's all it's all good. And plus, I like when, you know, our friend Old Baby was like, "That league's dead, and it's not dead." <laughs> and I can't wait to see it continue to grow. I, I, in fairness to Old Baby, we said the same. Like Mike and John and I said the same thing on a po- previous podcast. So we're we're gonna be we're all gonna be funhouse in about a month or so. So it's all good. So. <laughs> Love it. Well, it's good to have you back, Andy. And let's go ahead and also welcome in Ron in New Jersey to the show. Oh, man, Ron, it's been a minute. How are you doing tonight? Good, Dave. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going well, except for your name over there. Let me fix that. <laughs> Where's your name? I don't even see. Oh, man, has it been that long? I'm so sorry. I, I will fix you deleted that right me, huh? <laughs> no, I just don't. I, I'm looking right. for it. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> That's okay. So, oh my goodness, big, big, mo- big stuff in here in the uh, serious stuff in college football, right? I mean, you know. By the way, how was your weekend? Was everything good with the family? Fourth, good, and everything good. Yeah, yeah. Fourth was really good. Um, you know, it's like uh, time flies. It, it seems like once the fourth is done, that weekend is done. I mean, you blink it, and the the summer's over. There's like what, like five weeks, and uh, we'll be having college football. So it's crazy. Yeah, so the timing of this announcement with respect to um, the timing of this announcement with respect to UCLA and USC announcing their intentions is very, very interesting here. And um, and like I said, I love it. I, I mean, I think I just I'm so glad to have you on the program tonight to get into this because there are going to be massive changes in college football, and I think a, th- a movement we all were expect we're all were you know speculating about the four super team the four super conference model. I think we're really close to being there now. It's very interesting, Ron. I'm going to go to you first. You know, to me, it's a home run for the two individual programs. I, I think, as we know, the Pac-12 is fucked. We, we've established this. Um, but I just was curious what you thought about these and all these announcements and, and the resultant um, impact on all the conferences in, in FBS. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, when Oklahoma and Texas left, mm-hmm. um, you know, we should have made a, a – we should have had the the foresight to like realize what was happening. Um, but you know, even in like that move on the surface, it was like, all right, you know, SEC is getting more loaded, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I think it really hits home with like USC and UCLA going that. I mean, you're right. Like the Pac-12 is fucked. I mean, you could add whoever you want to add in there. You could add Boise State. You could add, you know, whatever uh, whack team you want to add in. Uh, but the you know the the cachet of the Pac-12 is is done. You're never getting it back ever. Um, same with the Big 12. You know they added uh, or they're adding Cincinnati, Houston. Um, you know, but it's still. I mean, who's the uh, who's the real marquee of the Big 12 after that happens? Oklahoma State. I mean, you know, it just it's 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 not the same. Uh, once you get those story programs leaving, and we've had uh, Oklahoma and Texas leave from the Big 12, uh, USC and UCLA um, move from the Pac-12, and essentially, at least in, in, in my view, those conferences are dead. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to like the, the prominence of like the national titles and stuff like that, like they're not in the they're not going to be in the same discussion as you know the uh, SEC, the, the the Big Ten. Uh, the ACC for now, um, and it's just the first uh, the first domino to fall. I think you know with those two, uh, and, and we saw it the last time when there was realignment. It was like once, you know, um, the first domino fell. I mean, it was almost like weekly. You would hear like, "Well, this team's leaving, and this team's leaving, and this team's leaving." So uh, I, I think it's going to ramp up. Uh, you're already hearing. Uh, the rumors that like um, Clemson and Miami will kind of want to get out of the uh, ACC and are, are trying to buddy up to the uh, um, to the SEC and uh, you know I was I was I was reading that Phil Knight wants Oregon to to go to the Big Ten but the Big Ten is kind of holding off and looking more at Notre Dame and you know we've heard the rumors that the Big Twelve is trying to merge with the Pac 
uh, the Pac-12. It's just, it, it's it's crazy right now. It really is. And I think you're right, Dave. The end result um, that we're looking at when all said and done is that, you know, whatever the number of teams are, uh, however, however many it is, like uh, if it's 64, if it's 48, if it's 60, if it's 50, whatever it is, I think the end result we're going to look at is those uh, the condensed Power Five schools uh, in one super league with uh, you know however many conferences, whether it be you know two or if it's just one large conference, but um, it certainly seems like it's going that way, and uh, and it's it's getting there faster than I think we thought it would. And it it can, it can happen that way sometimes. <clears throat> You see something coming, but you're like, "Oh, I didn't think it was going to happen that fast." And here we are. Um, it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, one could say it's sad that the Pac-12, who has a very proud history and a long history, going all the way back to the beginning of the, f- the last century in the early 1900s, like 190 something, <laughs> when the four original programs were were formed: Cal, Oregon, Washington, and one other one. I can't trying to remember who the other one was, but. You know, honestly, you know, we, we've been talking about it. Like, my other friends and I have been talking about how Larry Scott stay, almost single-handedly, like, destroyed the conference. Like, all this Mongo stuff he did. Ridiculous. You know, that stupid Pac-12 network that nobody watches. You know, it's just, like, things like that. So, let's go back to Andy. And I want to get your take on this, too. I mean, you will have opinions. The basketball impact is going to be huge. No UCLA or USC in college basketball in the Pac-12. I mean, that's a bummer, too. So, what's your thought? Yeah, I mean, there's I, I'm I'm just on the show just to kind of hear what Ron was gonna say, and then I mean, there's like eight different angles you could kind of <clears throat> jump off of. You can talk about long-term ramifications. You can talk about short-term ramifications. You can talk about all different theories on what's gonna happen next. You can talk about well, why did all this happen? You could talk about like I called it. I saw this coming. I. You could talk about Larry Scott. You can talk about, you know, how awful that Pac-12 network was. Like, and what if the Pac-12 network wasn't just a complete like piece of shit? What if it was just like, like a, like a C minus of a network? Like, would we have this discussion today? We could talk about what if. Oklahoma and Texas went to the Pac-10 all those years ago like it, like they were going to happen. Like They were almost like the pioneers of this domino effect conference realignment with zero respect to geographic situations, right? And then it didn't happen, and then all these other conferences kind of did what the Pac-10 originally was going to do. Like, look it up. We talked about it on the old board. Like, Oklahoma and Texas were – getting like very flirtatious with the Pac-10 years ago and it didn't happen. And now the Pac-10 is just, it's completely done. Um, echoing what you guys have been talking about just to start this program and what people were p- talking about last week when the announcement was made. And, um, you know, it's like to borrow doggies, like phrase, like if you're Washington state, like, you're, you're done. Like you, you have no chance in hell to be relevant. If you're at Oregon state, you have no chance in hell to be relevant. If you're Stanford, you have no chance in hell to be relevant. Although like two days ago, there was a rumor that this Stanford was going to be courted by the big 10 at some point, but I doubt that if you're Cal, you have no chance. And then like, yeah, Vanderbilt, Mississippi state, Northwestern, Indiana. It's not like those schools are, powerhouses but because they're part of the big 10 like they can dream doesn't mean their dreams are going to come true but again if you're washington state like you're not even dreaming at all like the way the conference is as shaped up now like and you can you can bring boise state you can bring on fresno state you can bring on like whoever like utep I don't know. Like, you can try to rebuild the Pac-12. You can meld. Like, the Big 12 now with, like, Cincinnati and Houston and, like, that's almost like a re regeneration of, like, the old Conference USA. It's just – it's crazy how, like, 
all these teams have just kind of spawned or whatever. But to bring it back to like what Ron said and what Francesca said years ago and what Herb Street had said, like, yeah, like we're we're closer to Mike Super 60 than we've ever been mm-hmm. uh, or Super 64, whatever he called it. And then Herb Street was saying last week that like eventually, yeah, SEC is going to have like 20 teams or whatever, 24 teams. The Big Ten is going to have 20, 25 teams, whatever it is. And, yeah, you're going to have, like, those two entities is going to be, like, it's going to be the NFL in college. And it's going to be, like, the AFC and the NFC. And those are going to be the halves. And then, you know, your Arizonas and your Washington States, your Oregon States, they're all, they're all, they're all going to be left out. And they're basically, what are you going to do with them? They're going to. You just throw them with the like the teams from the Mac and the Mountain West and the Sun Belt and and they're just going to be like the new F's you know Division One A and a half I don't know but that'll be interesting and then the last thing I want to say and then Dave you take over the show is like it's a joke right like we say it is a joke because like Fox is all about that Big Ten contract and then like SCC is all about that E is tied with ESPN, right? And then someone on Twitter is like, well, Amazon's going to buy it all. And then Amazon's <laughs> going to own the NCAA. And like, yeah, that's like totally Bach. But it, is it is it that far-fetched at this point? Like, we just saw like this crazy this crazy announcement with the two teams in Los Angeles going to the Big Ten. Oh, last thing, Dave. Like, and not I, I do have to be a little fair about USC. Like, for the longest time, like, if USC sucks, then the whole – what USC does just kind of – the Pac-10, Pac-12 reputation is basically – relies on USC. If USC is good, then the Pac-12 gets, like, a little bit of respect. If USC is down, then the Pac-12 gets zero respect. And USC had their share of down moments, and so the Pac-12 obviously has had their – reputation just kind of blah 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 and then like now usc got lincoln riley and now usc gets to jettison the conference (laughs) and you know it's like well the part of the reason why the pac-10 has gotten such a crappy reputation as of late is usc hasn't lived up to their end of the bargain so it's just it's crazy and you know six weeks from now we'll or whenever the you know next year when the conferences actually do shape up as like the new Big Ten or whatever, and it's like Michigan USC, we'll we'll be all in, we'll be all in on the game. Yeah, what a what a those conference games are going to be lit, guys. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Can't wait once we get to that year. But um, you know USC, like you said, they've been down, and I think. I always look back, and I'm a little closer to the situation than than others might be here on the on the panel. But um, I've always interpreted it as just an administration that didn't really take the football seriously. And it was first the admin, the AD that you know Pat Hayden or whoever else before that, you know, just didn't really take the, the fo- take take the program seriously as far as what what the football program needed to do to be competitive to be a player. Um, they would keep on. They would hang on to guys like Clay Helton for whatever it was three, four, five years. Whatever it felt like five years. Um, so that just that was just a sign of them not taking this seriously. But that also began with the president of the actual of the actual university. Well, when Carol Fult came in, she came in. She used she was formerly with North the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. So she came in. I always had this impression that she was gonna take things really seriously with the athletics. I think that she and then, you know, Jane Block's the chancellor over here at UCLA. I know that well because they're my employer. <laughs> and then um, the, administ- the ADs have changed over in both schools. And I just feel like that both of these programs are taking athletics more seriously than they used to. And I feel like that goes hand in hand with the move. And it's it's a very, to me, I think it's it's kind of what they wanted for a while. And USC, and I'm sorry to just talk so much, but USC's definitely felt like they've been held back by the rest of the conference. Do you guys feel that way? Like, Ron, if you if you think back to some of the rumblings about USC wanting to leave or be independent or go to another conference, I feel like they've wanted to do this for years. 
and this is their moment. So let me, if we talk about the USC aspect of it, what, what's your takeaway? Yeah, you know, um, and Andy's 100% right. I mean, when USC is, is one of the story, you know, franchises in college football. So when they're good, it, it does. It, it shines a, a different light on the, on the Pac-10. And, you know, when they're bad, the whole conference is down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, USC would have, um, you know, benefited from a, uh, a, a team like Oregon uh, if they could have maintained – uh, the level of success that they saw under like Chip Kelly and uh, you know, when, when he got in there and, and kind of, you know, set the tone for them and they were going to be the, you know, the next great uh, college football program and, you know, credit to them. They, they recruit top five every year, but um, you know, we've talked about it for years. I mean, it, it doesn't really translate to what you see on the field. I mean, they, they just haven't been able to get over that hump of, you know, uh, really good program to elite program. Uh, and, and I think USC needed that other uh, team in, in, in their conference to really uh, push them. I mean, really, they, they, they you know, the, the president of the, the USC uh, athletic department was looking at the conference and saying, you know, Oregon's going all out. They have Phil Knight. They're spending, you know, uh, millions of dollars on, on a new coach every two, three years uh, recruiting five-star kids. Uh, and they still can't win a national title. So, you know, why are we, you know, after uh, the Pete Carroll years where, you know, we, uh, you know, obviously UC, USC did stuff under the table and every, every program did, but U, USC had, uh, you know, that maintained level of success that shined the, the spotlight on them. So I, I think kind of when Carroll left, they, they looked around the, the rest of the team to the conference and said, why are we putting ourselves in a precarious situation where, uh, you know, we could ruin our reputation and get all these sanctions, you know, pay these fines uh, when nobody else is, is significant, significantly better than what we are. So let's just keep it as status quo. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll break through one year uh, and it hasn't happened in the past you know decade, but, I think that's what the uh, the thinking was, and and you're right, Dave. I think with the the uh, implementation of the uh, NIL and uh, you know the the transfer portal, I do think USC and to an extent UCLA has kind of been gearing up. You know, once those two things got into place, uh, to make a move out of the conference. You know, now it's it's everything goes. I mean, you could get you know throw the the money at the recruits, and it's all legal. Uh, so I think, you know, once they fired Clay Helton, uh, they really tried to get their ducks in a row and, you know, kind of get everything uh, back on track and actually uh, turn their, you know, their, their full attention to the football program with eyes on moving out of the pack, uh, the pack 10. And, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. That's the way it's been going. And, uh, you know, um, it's it is it, it'll be interesting to see them you know if this never materializes into the super 64 or whatever it is and it's just a standalone move where you ucla and usc is in the big 10 which i don't think it is but if it actually turns out to be that it'll be still be really interesting i mean i'll love to watch it <coughs> i would too i mean will too and you know, and so now you talk about the aftermath of this kind of a move. The the easy, the easy, the the easiest thing to project is that the Rose Bowl is just not going to be the Rose Bowl anymore. Whereas it used to be Pac twelve, Big Big Ten, was pretty much just Big Ten, Big Ten. I don't. Even, I think they can do away with that now. I don't think this whole idea that the Pac twelve and the Big Ten. Should be prioritized whenever it's not a playoff game. That no longer exists because the Pac-12 is donezo. So the bowl game, the bowl ramifications are huge here, and it does make me wonder if the Pac-12 now, or I'm sorry, the, the Rose Bowl now, kind of fall a little bit more in line with like the playoff scheduling and not insist on being on January first at uh, two o'clock local time all the time. I don't really care about that. I think it's fine. <laughs> Maybe Andy might be, might, and, and yourself, Ron, might be more into that. But so many things to talk about here. Andy, since you call, follow college basketball fairly closely, like 
how much is how much is college basketball going to hurt or be helped by these moves? By the I mean, obviously the Pac-12 is not going to be what it used to be. But <clears throat> what do you think? Well, so with in terms of college basketball, I mean that's it's a it's fun. There's juice. There's gambling, and everyone gets into it in March. I but I think when these uh, these higher ups when these higher ups make these decisions, they they don't care about college basketball. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't care about the Olympic sports. Obviously, like like Rutgers is not playing UCLA in soccer. They're, they'll figure out what to do with like the soccer programs and and the track and field. Like Stanford water polo. Like I don't think a lot of the Big Ten schools even have water polo. So they'll deal with that. All they'll deal with that in due time. But in terms of college basketball, I. I'm guessing that's why the Big 12 wants to make a big push to get Arizona because Arizona is a big time program, right? So the Big right. Big 12 they've already lost Oklahoma and Texas, which are pretty good basketball schools, but they still have Kansas, they still have Baylor, they still have you know Oak State, and so if they can, if the Big 12 can get Arizona, if they can get Oregon, if they can get you know some of those other other schools, I mean, Houston, Cincinnati, the Big 12 can be a, a good basketball conference. I think the Pac-12 is done. Yeah, to yeah. piggyback what you and Sports Pope were talking about last week on the Discord, and uh, Sports Pope was like, I don't, like, why Why does you, why would USC do it? I, I don't think US, so just again, to talk about, like, the powers that be, you know, like, the the Plodwicks of USC, the people that are on the board or whatever, like they, they don't care about tradition. They just care about the bottom line. Like I think about this today, like the Rose, like the USC home games, like I don't think the people like, or the UCLA home games, I don't think the people at UCLA care that the stadium might be like 50% uh, Penn state fans. Right. They, right. you're going to get a lot. They just want the, you know, be kind of like a Charger crowd. You know, like when a charge when the Chargers have home games, like forty percent of the people at SoFi are people from out of town. But like, you know, those Big Ten fan bases are like, oh crap, we're going to UCLA in November, like road trip. And I feel like that's that's more of a selling point for for everything, right? Like right. money, 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 seats in the building, all that stuff. Well, it's the alternative to that in UCLA's case is no seats in the building. I've been there plenty of times. I can tell you that. So um, that's probably going to affect the UCLA games more than the USC games because I think USC's got a decent fan base. Like I think they, I mean, I've seen them get take over, getting take, getting take, been taken over from time to time. But UCLA is much more vulnerable to that. But I don't think they, like you said, I don't think they care. I don't think it matters. I think they're happy to have the juice. You, you know. Uh, Dave, Andy's a thousand percent right. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? I right. mean, you know, uh, and I didn't hear what sports folks said, but, you know, I see, you know, like guys like Sharon will always say, like, well, I can't go back to, you know, uh, the conferences where the, the guys, it's Rutgers and Syracuse and, you know, Missouri and Colorado from the night, because it's never going to go that way. It's right. never going to be like that. Uh, and, and it's all about money and it's all about the bottom line. And it's all about the uh, the TV packages. So if you're USC and UCLA, <clears throat> you see the writing on the wall. I mean, the Pac-12 network sucks. Um, and, and you know that uh, you join the Big Ten and they could, uh, you know, re-up at Fox. They could, they could represent it and say, listen, you know, as a conference, we added these two teams, marquee teams, the L.A. market. We got to redo the TV deal. Uh, you're talking about billions of dollars and, you know, these teams making, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars by switching conferences. And I know there's like the payouts and stuff like that, but in, in the long, you know, the adults are in the room as, as Andy right, would say. Right. So, get enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. so, you know, at the end of the day, when you're looking at it 10, 15 years down the road, you're making, you know, money hand over fist going to uh, the Big Ten and, and re-upping with their TV deals. Um, and, and the other interesting point that you made, Dave, about like the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl's been cock-blocking the, um, the college football playoff for 
you know, basically since it started, you know, with the, the expansion and stuff like that, they don't want it. They want to keep their tradition and stuff like that. Well, uh, 2025 is is when the uh, playoff um, runs out. The playoff uh, um, contract runs out. So, that, I mean, I think that's what these conferences are looking towards. They're looking towards 2025. We are going to. Uh, maximize all the teams that we can to make our conference as attractive as possible. We're going to sell that or resell it to the to the TV providers, see how much we can get. And then from there, we're going to take it and say, you know, we got the 20 best teams in our conference. SEC is the 20 best teams in there. And there's, we're going to have our champions play each other in a playoff. Uh, we're going to sell that to Amazon, Apple, whoever it is, for a hundred billion dollars, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. all about making money. It's a business. Uh, you know, these colleges don't care about tradition. They don't care about um, you know uh, the the eighty year old uh, Mongo fans who call in the mic and you know back in my day and this and that. They don't care about that. They care about the bottom line, making money, and uh, you know that's where it's going. Um, and you know we just got to get on either you get on board or you stop watching uh and you know i'm i'm all for it you know if that's the way it's going uh count me in you know the other teams um that that get left out obviously will have to figure out something to do with themselves or some sort of you know subdivision or something like that but uh you know it's just there's nothing that we can come can do no amount of complaining is going to change the trajectory of where the sport is going right now it's an interesting and now it's an interesting study because i feel like this all started around the turn of this century so the year 2000 i feel like college sports really became popular to the extent where you're talking about like massive tv ratings and i just i think if you think about what it was like before you had split polls. You had the AP rankings and the coaches' rankings. You didn't even have the same team playing each other for the championship a lot of the time. So the tradition that we talk about, I don't. I think it's a little overrated, to be honest with yeah. you. You know, Andy, yeah. how would you weigh in on that? So yeah, I. I mean, I love. I mean, I love tradition. Like I. I mean, there are certain. Like we could play devil's advocate for a second too, but first, just to expand something real quick about mm-hmm. like the money thing like like ron's mentioned facilities like before everyone was talking That's about true. facilities. ron was always like he was ahead of the curve when it came to facilities and how that was such a recruiting tool for these guys like state-of-the-art facilities state-of-the-art weight room state-of-the-art locker you know everything like kids love that stuff and like Mississippi, like the middle of the road, bottom of the barrel SEC schools and the Big Ten schools probably have nicer facilities than like Washington, um, maybe not Oregon because of Phil Knight. But what I'm trying to say is like a crappy SEC school, you know, like that doesn't do well, like that's five and seven every year, will have better facilities than a nine and three Pac-12 school, and that that comes from the money that comes in with all their contracts and everything, and that's as you know, just to piggyback on the adapt or you know, go extinct like a dinosaur, and that's part. That's why you know it's a no-brainer for these schools, um, you know, UCLA and USC, and who else you know may follow down the line. But Dave, about tradition, like. Yeah, if you want to play devil's advocate, there was some – I follow, like, college football Reddit on Twitter, and they posted this, like, message board post about a, a West Virginia fan that's like, you know, we were in the Big East, we were in the, like, the new Big East, and now we're in the Big 12. Like, and all our rivals, like, we're, we don't consider Baylor a rival. We don't consider Oklahoma a rival. Like, our rivals are, like, Pitt, Penn State, like – Although, and we don't play them anymore. It's like, so yeah, like conference realignment, like is cool, but we feel, and this is just one West Virginia fan, you know, it's not like a poll or anything. Like, <laughs> you know, this West Virginia fans, like, yeah, we feel out of place in the Big 12, but like, 
it is, you know, we can't change that. Like we, if we had our druthers, we'd play Pitt every year. We play uh, Penn state every year. Um, but that's, that's not happening anymore. So yeah, like tradition is good, but it's not the end all be all. There's still plenty of tradition, like Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, that's UCLA, USC. They're still gonna, yeah, it's true. they're still gonna do their thing. But yeah, like, um, I mean, Nebraska, Colorado went away a long time ago. We can, we, we, it sucked, but you know, like, we can just daydream back to Colorado, Nebraska <laughs> day after Thanksgiving, and it gets the job done. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it did, both programs since that time have been really falling off too. That's what's interesting about it. they both used to be really good top. I don't know about top tier, but like solid tier programs. Um, but staying on the topic of what where do programs go from here? Um, there are two I'm going to give you. Oregon, I am almost sure they will move to another conference. They're just too good a program. Isn't anything like track, football, basketball, whatever it is. They're going to have to go somewhere. Where do you think they go? And Notre Dame, do they finally join one of these giant conferences? And, Ron, I'll, go, I'll start with you. Yeah, you know, um, and our friend uh, ACQ, um, you know, sent a link today to a story about Notre Dame. And he's a big Notre Dame guy. You know, he's been uh, kind of, you know, uh, the traditionalist and, you know, they should stay independent and whatnot. But uh, the, the article was basically saying they're losing money. Um, staying independent and uh, and not joining one of those conferences with the uh, the big time te- television deals uh, and the television rights and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and we see now where it's going with like Notre Dame, right? I mean, like you know, they always recruited well, um, but the past decade or so, I mean, and and it's always been known that it's harder to recruit at Notre Dame for their academic standards and whatnot. But uh, so for the past like decade or so, even with uh, Brian Kelly, it kind of like waned a little bit. You know, they're they're near the top, but they weren't you know top ten. But you've seen like a push recently uh, in their recruiting, and I don't I don't think it's all uh, the changing coaching staff. I think they're another team. Um, you know, and, you know, if we were looking back a, a year or so ago at UCLA and, and USC, uh, and, and we could kind of see, you know, them um, gearing up to move to the Big Ten. I think Notre Dame is doing the same thing. I, I think they are stockpiling a talent. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever their, their deal is up with, with uh, NBC, I, I think they're going to make the move to uh, the Big Ten. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, you get the instant rivalries. I mean, they basically play a, a Big Ten schedule as it is uh, with Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue. Uh, throw Indiana in there, uh, Northwestern. Um, so it makes sense. And uh, Oregon, I, I think, you know, Oregon makes the most sense to the uh, Big Ten as well. I mean, if you're adding teams from L.A., uh, you know, it just depends on, I, I guess, I don't know if there's going to be a bidding war per se for them. Um, but they, they could kind of pick whatever conference they want to go into, uh, you know, the, the way the, the chips fall. I mean, I can see them. Oregon is, is basically set up like an SEC team, if you think about it. I mean, they have an SEC coach. Uh, they kind of recruit on the same level, like I was saying before, as, as the SEC teams. You know, they constantly get the top five. Uh, recruiting classes so I mean uh, you know they're you know they, they kind of model themselves after the SEC so uh, you know I guess it just depends on, on how the chips fall where they may I, I have a hard time um, looking in the crystal ball and saying uh, you know this is where these teams are going to end up and this is where these teams are going to end up I think at the end of the day it's going to be you know this like Herb Street said, uh, like Andy was saying, it's going to be these two like mega conferences with teams from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast, and uh, you know, just like a hodgepodge of, of whatever teams from the conferences, and uh, you were going to take it from there. No, well said, Ron. I, I completely agree. I think bigger and better for each of these conferences is the theme. Andy, let's swing it to you. Same question. Yeah. Well, so. Like Ron drew up like the 
Big Ten Plus and the SEC Plus with the three divisions in each conference, and it was, like, awesome. Like, you'd get into it. Like, it'd be weird at first, but, yeah, you'd get into it. Basically, like, SEC's going to poach a bunch of ACC schools, and Big Ten's just going to take a bunch of Big 12 and Pac-10 schools. Yeah, SEC's going to take some of the Big 12 schools, too, in the in the Southwest or whatever. But um, as far as Oregon goes, yeah, it's – I don't know. They could go to the Big 12. They could <laughs> – we we have no idea what's going to happen next. All we know is USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Like the day after that, the internet rumor was like Oregon and Washington are going to follow. Then the next day it was like Oregon, Notre Dame, Stanford, and Washington are going. Then like the next day, like the Big Twelve had six Pac-12 schools on their list that they want to bring over to the Big 12. Then, like, that afternoon, it was like the Pac-12 and the ACC were going to form an alliance. So, tomorrow, who knows what is going to be presented. You know, if you're Oregon, you know, the initial, like, the initial feeling is, like, shocked, right? Like, USC and UCLA are gone, like, what is Oregon going to do? But, as Ron mentioned, like Oregon, like they're not in a bad position at all. Like they they can get just kind of like wait and see, let some more dust settle and and see what happens. Like I think, like Washington's on a little more of a shaky ground. Their fan base is just they they're delusional beyond comprehension. Like they think they're a blue blood program and they're clearly not. And like where where are they gonna go? Like, and I, I have all my Washington state friends, like, <laughs> are, like so depressed because Washington state, like they're an okay school They're but they're, they, they're in Pol- like Pullman, Washington is a little community. All right. Like it doesn't, there's no cachet to Pullman, Washington. So like they're a have not, like they are a complete have not right now. And I have a friend that's like, Oh, I'm not watching. Like she's like, He'd, he'd be perfect on, like, you know, when when the guy that's burning his Kansas City Chiefs jersey, like, three years ago, like, I'm not <laughs> watching college football ever again. Like, you will at some point. Like, you're bitter. I get it. Like, the Arizona Wildcat <laughs> fan is bitter right now. But the Oregon State fan is bitter. The Arizona State fan is bitter because – you know, like you're not wa- you're not wanted by like the Big Ten or the SEC. So it's 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 kind of crazy. It's it's awesome to talk about. It's awesome just to hear what may or may not happen. Like it's it beats talking about like you know some of the other stuff going on in the world. So <laughs> it's, it's an awesome awesome distraction, and it's like it's here. Like you know. It's not like it's not UCLA and USC are in a year's time like are not playing in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's crazy to think it was crazy to dream about. Yeah, it really is. Like, (laughs) I'm with it. I mean, you know, it doesn't. I don't think it's really sunk in with me yet that this is actually going to happen. But it's it's happening. There's no going back. You know, it's funny. Like. We joke about it, like, well, what's going to happen to, like, water polo? Like, Bill Walton's, like, Bill Walton's probably depressed, too. <laughs> like, what's going to happen to the, like, we just joke about it, like, yeah, what's what are they going to do? But, like, there's people that actually have to, like, figure out, like, what exactly is going to happen to, like, all those other programs, like baseball, men's soccer, women's soccer, all the Olympic sports, like, there, someone else is gonna actually have to figure that out. Good yeah. luck to them. Yeah, first, absolutely. I hope you know. I hope it all works out for those folks. So, I, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, we could talk about Washington where they go. I don't know. Andy, you'd have a better idea. <laughs> Do they just stick it out? No, well, but I did. So I, I was, I went down this rabbit hole. I mm-hmm. read like Kentucky, Kentucky <laughs> soccer. They don't play in the SEC. They actually mm-hmm. play in the Sun Belt. Just to what? keep costs kind of relatively. <laughs> up, so 
I, like, I guess it's not that. So, ex- yeah. Okay. So what? Right. Like, so take Cal Berkeley. If like the Pac-12 completely disintegrates, like yeah. Cal, like yeah, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like Sonny <laughs> Dykes is gone. Like they're an academic school. Like they might, they might just go to what, like the Big West and play with like UC Davis <laughs> and. That's crazy. I didn't. Like, you're right though. That, that's very possible. Wow. It's very possible. I. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain West. Actually, maybe Mountain West would be the one. Would that make more yeah, sense? Yeah, I think. I don't know if it was Ron that brought it up last week or someone else, but like. The Mountain West in football is not that. Like, it's very comparable to the Pac 12, mm-hmm. even yeah. with USC and Oregon and UCLA. Yep. So, like, and that's a fun conference to follow. We all like it. Like, I don't know. I feel like you could. <clears throat> Between the Big Twelve and the and the remaining Pac twelve members in the Mountain West, they could form something to make they could form something sexy. Yeah. I think if you were to choose between the two, and these two, I'll I'll, I'll lay them out. But it would either be the Mountain West absorbs the Pac twelve and they become a big old Mountain West, or the Pac twelve absorbs the Mountain West and they just become the new Pac twelve. Which way would you see that going? And would it make sense? Ron? I think it's just it's all semantics. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. the same thing. And branding and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure it would be the the Pac-12. You know, has just the name alone has more of a cachet and yep. selling point. So uh, they would take that. But uh, that 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 would be a fun conference to watch. I mean, give me those games on you know a Friday night, uh, a late Saturday night. You know, give give me uh, that conference playing games. I'm in. I'm in. You could you could you know take the you know the the Pac ten uh, the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, and that's all well and good. But I'd be just as into uh, Fresno State and, uh, and and Arizona on a, on a Friday night at midnight, you know, just to give us <laughs> something to do, something yeah. different. I mean, you know, I'm in. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it's not all bad for the Pac-12. I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's they're ob- I mean, like I said, but they are. Let's just be clear, they are fucked. But the end result could still be a very interesting product if it's if it turns out that they end up merging the two conferences together. Maybe you know, merge the uh, the whoever's left when the dust settles in the you know in the uh, the Big Twelve with uh, the Sun Belt and the uh, Conference USA and the mm-hmm. AAC, whatever it is. And I mean, you got yourself uh, definitely not, you know, like national title contenders or anything like that. But you, you know, take the cream of the crop from all those conferences, and you got a really fun product to put on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, those, uh, you know, the Sun Belt is uh, especially this year is going to be as good as, you know, the, the the middle and bottom of the Big Twelve. The top of the Sun Belt is just as good as them. Uh, so you know. And I think that's what we've seen too, like in the past, like uh, decade or so, right? Um, is like the, the 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 Sun Belt, like the top of the Sun Belt, the top of the Mountain West, certain years, uh, the top of the uh, AAC. Those teams are just as good and just as competitive as you know. They're better than like the Oregon States, uh, the Arizonas, the Colorados. Uh, they're they're just as good as the Texas Techs, um, you know, Kansas. You know, so it's it's. I know, like traditionalists and and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, oh no, what's going to happen to the Big Twelve? Uh, you know, and I'm sure it, it means more if you're a fan of those schools. But as you know, someone like myself and like we are, who like just wants to see a competitive game uh, and fun football. Um, you know, the uh, the possibilities are. I mean, they're exciting. You know, if mm-hmm. if you ask me, you know those. It's almost more exciting to see what happens with those uh, the out the non power five conferences because at the end of the day, I mean, you might get like matchups that uh, you know will keep us interested. We always have like uh, you know find like uh, our our favorite like non power five teams and follow them. So you know, bring it on. Let's um, go. I'm all for it. Well, yeah. I, that's really well said, Ron. So let's just give it to you, each of you for. Final thoughts on this. We can we have about ten minutes left, so we could talk about the Baker Mayfield trade, which 
I mean, even though it's a big headline, it's like it's not nearly as interesting a topic to me because I just don't know. But Andy, any any would you if if we could put a ribbon on this scenario with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Mountain West and the USC and UCLA? Like, what's your final takeaway from? from uh, I don't Penn- really have any no final like takeaway. I'm just curious to see what the the inertia of the ACC like. What's mm-hmm. the ACC's end game? I mean, besides Cle- you know Clemson and Miami or. I don't know about Miami, but, you know, take away Clemson, the ACC ain't that good. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm curious to see what happens to the ACC if the SEC goes after Clemson and some of those programs with, you know, some aggressive behavior in the next couple of years. Um, and then, yeah, closing points on the Pac-12. Yeah, you know, rest in peace. Yep. <laughs> and you know, enjoy enjoy this year, and then we'll be curious to see what like the actual next domino is going to be, and maybe like three years down the road, as Ron mentioned, like yeah, like you're just going to have to get it out of our. We're going to have to untrain our brains. Like if you're Washington State, like you might play Eastern Washington every year. Eastern Washington's, you know, a good team. You might play Mont. You might have a new rivalry with Montana five years from now. Like, I, you know, you might have a rivalry with uh, Utah State. I don't know. You get creative. Um, San Diego State. Yeah, the other thing was like a week ago, it was like maybe the Pac-12 can get San Diego State. Like, no, no, no. Like, you, San Diego State's not going to fix, like, the loss of UCLA and USC. <laughs> like, just, just, you have to figure it out. Like, but yeah, you can create new rivalries with some of these West Coast schools and we're already seeing it as, you know, we get into the Sun Belt. We, you know, Mac has kind of take, taken off and the Mac got creative, uh, you know, going on a decade now with it's not just maxing on like Wednesday night. It's like maxing on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in the fall. So, so yeah, like these programs are just gonna have to get a little get a little nutty because you gotta get a little nutty. You know, the bowl games in the Bahamas. You know, just stuff like that to keep keep us mongos, you know, interested. Yeah, I love that, Andy. That's well said. So uh, let's go to Ron. Any other any final thoughts as far as the college football scenarios? No, I mean I'm sure um, you know in the next week or so, uh, you know the next domino is going to fall, and it, I I think it's like like Andy said, the inertia is going to be that you know uh, it's just going to be like a you know keep spiraling, and it's going to be you know new stuff every you know maybe month or so, a uh, couple weeks, but. Uh, uh, the dominoes are, are going to fall, and uh, yeah, the next uh, piece of the puzzle I think is the ACC, um, figuring out where those school go, schools go, and uh, you know, uh, it's just the the tip of the iceberg. So you know, uh, it, it's it'll be interesting, but uh, yeah, it's crazy to think about UCLA and USC. If you know, you told me two weeks ago they're going to be in the uh, the Big Ten next year. Uh, would have thought you were crazy. Uh, obviously, it's always a possibility, but you never think like those, uh, you know, those uh, blue chip type programs are, are going to leave their conferences. But uh, it's happening, so you know, let's get on board. Uh, yeah. Stir it up. Let's yeah. make it all fun. <laughs> yeah, and not only has it happened, it happened twice. Like you mentioned, uh, Oklahoma yeah. and Texas going to the SEC. That made news. Yeah. This is even bigger news like this because one that's bad enough like you're you're really hampering the Big 12 but this is practically like you literally killing the Pac-12 as we know it today. Andy's absolutely right. Rip Pac-12 100%. <laughs> so that'll yeah. put a bow on it. Man, incredible. It's going to be a very interesting college preview run once we get there next month. I I mean so much Yeah, I think this this might be like the last year where we kind of you know, have like those four or five teams that we know yeah. or at least think are going to be, you know, um, locks for the for the college football playoff, uh, especially with like the NIL deals and stuff like that. I mean, no sport um, has changed as quickly and as much as college football has in the past two years. Yeah. I, I don't think in the history of 
of our country, maybe since baseball in, integrating. Uh, I don't think there's been a yeah. sport um, that's changed as much so quickly. Because um, you know, when we look back on it, college football in 2019 prior to coronavirus to 2022-2023 is going to be two completely different yeah. um, sports. And it's it's crazy. It is. And, you know, the pandemic was part of it, but there's the much bigger part was the NIL scenario. I think that has a lot more to do. That, that has just as much to do with it. So an yeah. amazing time, an unfortunate time for some maybe, but I think for us it's an exciting time all in all. So it'll be very interesting to see where, where we go. Um, so let's just spend like a minute on this trade. And so the trade today from the NFL, the Panthers have traded for Baker Mayfield in exchange for a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. Look, the problem is Baker Mayfield just isn't that good. Like, I mean, I assume it's an upgrade. Andy, I'll start with you. I mean, Sam Darnold obviously was underwhelming as well. I don't have a lot to say about this, to be honest with you. What do you say? Yeah, I don't really have a ton. Uh, Ron mentioned earlier, like, the Panthers might just be kind of rudderless. Like, Mm -hmm. because they... They had to give up a handful, I think, of draft picks to get Darno number one, right? And Darno is not that good. And then they're basically doing the same game plan to get Baker Mayfield. So you've just kind of – I don't know how many draft picks combined, but now you don't get to draft those picks and you, you, you're – you're gonna maybe go away from Darnold to go Baker Mayfield. You're, that's not really like elevating the position that much, mm-hmm. based on what you gave up. And then for the Brown, you know where I where I stand on the Browns. The, the first move, first good move they make would be the first. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. Like they have to figure. I don't know what they're gonna do with Deshaun Watson. Like I don't know. The Browns are just a. They're not a fun team to to kind of gloss over. But in, in the Panthers, yeah, they're – I don't know. I Maybe we all got Matt Rule wrong for whatever reason. I still think he's a good coach, but maybe he, he's making a fortune. I mean, they literally, like, rolled out the red carpet for Matt Rule. So, I don't – when it when things like that happen, it's like ooh, they might. Some of these owners, like they or GMs in this instance or whatever, like they, if you get rid of like the guy too quickly, then you're they, they're admitting a mistake, but because it's an ego thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be kind of stubborn and maybe stick with rule like for a few years rather than try to cut bait. Like ooh, yeah, we might have made the mistake, but rule was an awesome coach in college. You saw what he did in Temple. You saw what he did in Baylor. Like, it was only logical that he would trend in the same direction at the NFL. He just hasn't yet, except for that first year where he kind of, like, overachieved. I'm not giving up on him either. I think he just doesn't have much to work with at all, honestly. I don't think he's just not a good team. So how is that on the coach, really? Yeah, I think, like, they got McCaffrey – McCaffrey, he gets hurt too much. Mm-hmm. They just, yeah, they they just need just need like a sexier roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ron, any thoughts yet for as far as the trade from Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought the the play for this year for the Panthers would just be to kind of go with Matt Coral, uh, who they drafted from Ole Miss, and just play him the whole year. And if he succeeds, they, you know, he succeeds. And if not, uh, you're in a prime spot to, to get a move on, I guess, from, from Rule and, uh, and Darnold and get a, a franchise quarterback at the top of the drift uh, next year. I, I thought that was a smart play to do. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that owner in uh, Carolina is, is, is chasing quarterbacks. Um, so, uh, I think uh, this actually is probably like the death nail and, and rule because uh, if you get Mayfield after you get Don- after you got Darnold and you know you have another uh, six and eleven uh, five and twelve season they'll probably start over and just blow it all up again. Uh, terrible move uh, in my yeah. opinion, but you know 
they're just an uninteresting team. Yeah. Like like both of you guys said, that their roster is just like outside of McCaffrey, it's just like who? You know? <laughs> and uh it's it's just like they're such an uninteresting in, team to watch, but uh and Mayfield doesn't help it in my opinion. Oh. You know, but whatever. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the way they go and you know, we'll see we'll see if he can uh do anything special there i don't think so yeah exactly i i I could not agree more with both of you and uh, that's a good place to end tonight this has been a fun one thank you so much for joining in uh we send our best to john as well john will rejoin us next week for the uh for the open championship week recap that'll be fun andy hopefully he'll be part of that too but uh and that's all for me (laughs) anything any last parting shots before we go uh, Stranger Things season four is amazing. Uh, it took a while to actually get involved, and I don't know if you guys watch that show. I do. I, it's a, it's awesome. Nice. I'm only uh, about halfway through the season. Okay. Did they release the other end of it? Like there were two episodes that were kind of hanging there. They okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. They, that just those came out last week. Okay. On okay. Netflix. Good. I I will start on on that. I've watched seasons one through three, so I'm looking forward to four. That'll be really fun. So good advice um ron yeah you know i i don't watch stranger things but that'll be on my list soon uh but i did see uh the new doctor strange today i watched it while i was uh working i was sweet stealing time at work so, uh, <laughs> how it. was it? What, I, it i i i liked it a lot yeah i know the critics really didn't like it but i thought it was i thought it was really good my wife watched it she liked it so you know it's Marvel's too woke, but uh, <laughs> you know, we we enjoy that. So no, I love I'm 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 all in on every Marvel just for like you got to for the con- continuity situation. It's like you're feel like you're like you're like you're not. I don't know what you're like if you're not up to speed on the Marvel. Like you're just like behind. Like you know. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, and Miss Marvel, I know uh, T.R., our friend, our friend uh, Timmy Russo, said he wasn't a fan. I think it's awesome. So, uh, you know, put that on your list. Cool. Another, you know, an, an, an Indian-American superhero. I'm sure it's not, uh, you know, uh, making the uh, the right-wingers happy, but I thought it was a pretty <laughs> good show. I think it's a pretty good show. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. I'm down. Tell me. I don't know. Yeah. Right on. I love those tips, too. Yeah, Marvel is not slut up. You know, you thought Endgame was going to be the peak. No, there's still a lot coming on, going on with them. So, good stuff. The Thor movie, you guys going to watch that pretty soon? New Thor? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I I think I'm in the mode of, like, waiting for it to come on to Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. You know? Yep, 100%. Same, we'll do same it. schedule. Decent strategy there, honestly. Yeah, because, like, just it gives you a chance to catch up anything else, too. So, um Andy, yeah. that's great. You so you're you're roughly caught up. Like I know you were watching that from the beginning. That was that's really impressive. Yeah, I started in I started like yeah with Captain America number one, mm-hmm. like and Iron Man one. And, yeah, yeah. I started yeah almost two, basically two years ago. Wow. All caught up. Even watched Moon Knight. I don't I I couldn't tell you what Moon Knight was about by <laughs> seeing it on the episode, but uh you know, you got to stay for, like, the post-credit scene, you know, just kind of, all right, see what happens <laughs> next. And, I'm, yeah, I am I am just a complete sucker for Marvel shows and Disney shows. Call me a, call me a lemming. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but listen, they deliver. It's, it's for the most part they do. Um, so I dig it. So did you even watch that, like, that, that whatever it is, that, that iron, that one something or other fist? Cause I thought that show was kind of boring, like the one that was on Netflix for a while. Did you ever see that one? No, I know Fiddle Watch. Um, I don't know. Now I'm, I might be thinking of like the DC stuff, but like Fiddle might have watched all the Daredevil ones, which I will not do. I'm just talking about like the movies and the oh, okay. Disney Plus shows. Okay. Yeah. Netflix, okay. but so I actually did watch all the Agents of the Shield, but. Um, mm-hmm. That's about it. No, that's fine. You're you're missing absolutely zero with Iron Fist. This is before Disney Plus existed, so I watched this many many years ago, and it was like, oh my god, it was so boring. I don't know, Ron. I don't know what you thought of it, but yeah, that's like the. I, I I actually yeah I I didn't watch it. I was more like this the uh, the mm-hmm. Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you know, until Disney Plus came and kind of put it all together. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Um, I'll probably revisit it one day, but I have no desire to yeah. right now, you know, so especially with the way that the 
you know, the, the studio's going. I mean, if they do reintroduce those characters, you know, it'll probably be recasted or something like that. So the, there'll be no continuity uh, oh, with the show anyway. So uh, it's kind of, it's hard to go back in time now once you're up to this point and, uh, and watch that stuff. No, no, right on. Honestly, good call on all that. All right, fellas, this is really fun. So have a great rest of your week and, you know, keep on keeping on. It'll be fun to, to do it again next week. So take care, everybody. Good to see you again. All right. See you guys. See you, everybody. See you, Ron. See you, Dave. Bye, Bye Randy. Bye. Bye, Ron. Peace. Take care. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Boy, what a good show that was. All right. So thanks again to Ron in New Jersey and Andy in Seattle. There was a lot to cover, and we covered a lot of it tonight. Um, with this impending move of two premier iconic institutions, historic institutions, uh, over from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten and all the things that went with it. It's going to be an immense, very interesting couple years in college football. And with that, we say goodnight. Thank you so much for your for tuning in, everybody. This has been fun. I didn't check the chat this entire time. So sorry. <laughs> If you had something, oh man, okay, I didn't see anything, but that's fine. Um, if you missed any part of it, you can catch the replay right here. If you're on YouTube, uh, you can catch it on YouTube.com/slash/ditcow. If you are listening on the podcast, just rewind it, and you can catch all of our podcasts at ditcow.com or on your podcast player of choice. I'm Dave Medina. We'll see you next time.